Thanks for checking out the Ascent Church podcast. Our mission is to reach, equip, and impact others exactly where they are as we rise to new life in Christ. We hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Thomas Lane. Hey, everybody. This is T. Lane from Ascent Church. This last Sunday, we had a great opportunity to interview an incredible couple from a group called Echo, talking all about adoption, foster care, and being the church. Y'all are going to love this. Check out part of their interview right here. So we've talked about the what of Echo a little bit, and a lot of folks are new around here. Tell us the why. Um, people don't know what it is fully, but I just want to hear the why, what's the passion, what's the, what's the fire that God put in your heart. Tell us why. Yeah. She's ready to go. <laughs> yeah, so um, I guess uh, ten, almost 10 years ago, we started working with the foster care system in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, standing with this, this young mom mm-hmm. um, to, to help her fight to get her kid back, right? Yeah. Uh, we moved to Virginia. We started the adoption process. Um, and when we were over in China adopting our daughter, we, we literally stood there looking at these these kids, these rooms full of kids, not crying, 900 kids, mm. 30 workers, um, and just knew that that adoption wrecks your life in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. There's no going back. There's no, sure. you know, there's no, there's no normal, like, check, adopt, what's our next family bucket list item. Yeah. Um, that, that we, we can't not help. Sure. And there are, you know, you, you see the number 147 million um, orphans in the world. 20 million of those are actually eligible for adoption. Okay. Um, and at some point, you know, we've adopted twice. At some point, we're going to run out of van space. Like, we, we can't adopt 20 <laughs> sure. million. Yeah. So we just, we knew we had to do something, and this is the next step. Awesome. Awesome. So that's the why, which is a great why. Yeah. Um, what is the what? So I wanted to start with the why. You laid that down. What is ECHO? What do y'all do? Because people hear, if you're not in that world, you hear adoption, you hear orphan care, you hear foster care. I think it's intimidating. People don't know how that works. Um, with 99 for the One, which a lot of y'all know about or serve with, you hear homeless ministry. That can mean a lot of different things. What is it? What do you guys do? So tell me, what exactly does ECHO do? I think the biggest thing that we do is, is we, we help resource and equip churches okay. to care for families mm-hmm. who are going through the adoption process, yes. right? Yes, and um, and help create teams, circles of teams around those families. So the bottom line of it is we want to really just help churches, resource churches um, to be able to take this on. Yeah. I mean, the, the big thing is you hear the number 20 million and it just feels like it's too much. Yeah. Like there's, I don't know how many people in the room today, like 3,000 people, I think. In the room right now, right? Uh, that's, that's pretty conservative. You told me there would be 30,000. Yeah. yeah. Conservative is yeah, very conservative. Yeah. The lights are in your eyes. Don't worry about it. Math is not good for yeah. me, which is why this next thing I'm telling you is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Go. There's 20 million, 20 million kids in, in, in the world waiting to be adopted yeah. right now, all around the world. Right. And that number just feels huge. Mm-hmm. But if we kind of scale it down, it's manageable. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we look at the numbers in the U.S., the numbers of waiting kids to be adopted is 100, 150 million. No, sorry, 150,000. 150, okay. Yeah, so we've gone from 20 million mm-hmm. to 150,000. Sure. And in the state of Virginia, there's 1,600 kids waiting to, to be adopted. Okay. And in Virginia Beach, let's get right down mm-hmm. to the front door. Virginia Beach has 55 kids 55. waiting to be adopted. Okay. So we've gone from 20 million, mm-hmm. this number that we can't really seemingly do too much about, no. to 55 that we mm-hmm. absolutely can do something about. Sure. 
Yeah. So part of what we do is just help scale, mm-hmm. help scale it down, make it very local, make it very personal. Cool. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I have hesitation asking you this because I don't want to sound, um, I don't know if I can say this. I don't want to sound like a butt. Am I able to say With that? two T's? Two. I don't want to sound. I don't want to say. I said poo poo earlier. You just so. said poo poo. So we're just we're continuing yeah. with the with the having, potty humor. Yeah, we we do. That's what we do when we <laughs> when we get together. Um, how do we, without being negative, why doesn't the church do more? Because there's a. It, it, you maybe just answered it. You maybe just said it. Just seems. Well, we can't do any. We won't make a dent. So why even try? But I feel like there's other issues that people are maybe more ready to tackle that you might not feel like you're making a huge dent, but people are still saying, let's go fight. Let's do this. So why doesn't the capital C church, us included, do more? Part of the reason is the scalable thing. Yeah. It just feels too big. Sure, yeah. Like 20 million. Yeah. There's 20 million kids. I've got 100, 200, 300 people in my congregation. The pastor's thinking this. Um, there's no way I can have an impact on 200, I mean, 20 million kids in the sure. world. Um so that's part of it. And so if we scale it down and make it, uh, make it something that we realize um, people in our in this room right now can make an impact. Sure, yeah. So that, that helps, scaling it down. Okay. The second issue, I think, is that it, maybe this is a little more personal, mm-hmm. is that it's, it's pretty messy. Yeah. Like bringing, bringing a kid, especially um, in, in foster care, um, bringing a kid from a traumatic experience – Regardless of how they actually were separated from their family, being separated is a traumatic experience. Of course. Um, taking kids from trauma and placing them into your um, easy, smooth, planned out life is not going to continue to be easy and smooth. Yeah. It's going to be chaotic. Yeah. And I think a lot of pastors feel a responsibility mm-hmm. to, to care for their, for their people. And this sometimes messiness doesn't fit into that. Sure. Um, I think I think the other part of it is maybe we've just kind of lost sight of of our calling. Mm-hmm. Um, part of what we're called to do, and I th- think you're going to reference this later, but but James talks about this, mm-hmm. the brother of Jesus. Yeah. Sometimes I like to call him that instead of James because people don't know him. Everybody knows a Jimmy. Yeah, but this was the brother of Jesus, yeah. right? By the way, right? Yeah. BT Dubs. Yeah. I like the chuckles here. They do. They're used to my really corny jokes. Well, get ready because I got more. Keep them coming. Um, no, the brother of Jesus said that the way that we keep ourselves unstained from the world mm-hmm. is by doing this, wow. caring for the people in the margins. Yeah. And and I, th- there's nothing easy about caring for people in the margins. If you've ever been involved in any ministry, especially homeless ministry, yeah. you know that it's not easy. It's messy. Oh, yeah. And, but, I, but I think that's what God calls us to. God calls us to the margins. Yes. And it's, it's tough to motivate people to that if it's not personal. I got you. Yeah. That's a, good, that's a great answer. That's a great answer. And you were not a butt, so thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, so what can we as a church do to help? Now, obviously, we talked about the scalability. We talked about coming around families. But there may be some people here who are saying, maybe we're called to foster, maybe we're called to adopt, maybe now, maybe down the road, but there may be people saying, maybe, maybe not, but how can we come around families? What's a practical way if the Smith family's here and they're like, God's telling us to do this now, what's the way they can actually start doing that now? 
Yeah. So for, for 50 families mm-hmm. in Virginia Beach, mm-hmm. you know, we, I mean, for 50 kids in Virginia Beach, we need 50 families. Okay. So, so for 50 families, it is to say, you know what? God's put this on my heart, that someday thing. And yeah, today's the day mm-hmm. um, to, to step forward. For some of you, it's, it is to foster, to mm-hmm. offer respite care, um, to offer that wraparound care. So yeah. adoption is hard and the heart doesn't end six weeks after you come home. Yeah. Um, fostering is hard and it's hard for a long time. Yeah. So, so you also need people that are going to wrap around you and say, hey, I'm here. I am with you for the long haul. Yeah. So whatever you need, whatever that looks like, I am here to wrap around your family and help you succeed. Cool. Um, you know, like you talked about before, some of it is, is the money to be able to do these things. Mm-hmm. Like kids in foster care don't have birthdays. Kids in foster care. So, so to be able to say, hey, you're going to get a birthday cake with your name on it. You're going to get candles. You're going to get a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, for kids removed from care, um, if, if they're lucky, they're able to grab a few things in a garbage bag, but when they're moving from family to family, they don't get to take that stuff. So to give them a bag and a blanket and some PJs and clothes that are theirs, that belong to them, Um, just the practical day-to-day needs. Um, You know, we talk about, we have to, that, that's where you have to be cautious, I think, to say, um, oh, we can do that. We can, we can do bags. We can do this. Yeah. Because what you don't want it to do is turn into charity. Like, hey, yeah, we've done that. Mm-hmm. Check. Sure. Boom. Yeah. That's done. So it's a good it's thing. It's Christmas time. I did my nice thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's such a good thing. And these mm-hmm. needs need to be met, but that can't be the only thing we do. It can't stop at charity. You have to, you have to be willing to say, we're going we're gonna to stick around. We're going to make these relationships. We're going to be around for the long haul. Yeah. Um, we've got events coming up. We have one coming up this Saturday, a respite night for foster and adoptive families. And what is that? So it mm-hmm. is... Um, Ta-da. There you go. Huh? Um, for fa- there you- that's what she thinks about. <laughs> yeah, you can tell she doesn't like to be left somewhere. Um, yeah. So for foster and adoptive families, uh, in the, in the last year, we've had one night out without our kids. Um, so for families that have these kids that come wow. from hard places, medical needs, this is just not an option for them. So to, to have a church that says, hey, look, we've got volunteers that are trained to handle whatever mm-hmm. your kid can throw at us, and you leave them here for a few hours and you go out and do whatever. Take wow. a nap, take a bath, yeah. drive around, whatever you want to do. Nap. Um, yeah, that's huge. No, it absolutely um, is. Helen would take a nap. We we met instantly. A, we we met a lady last week and we were telling her about it and she said that's awesome. One of my kids has severe needs. He's in a wheelchair. He has seizures. He's deaf. Yeah. I said, yeah, bring it on. We got a nurse and she started sobbing. Oh, wow. Just to be able to offer that. So we need people to say, hey, I can do that. Yeah. I can volunteer. I can help out of that. And that's we'll awesome. have events kind of keep going just to cool. just to encourage families to say, look, we're in this and we're in it for the long haul. We're in it together. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're talking about the oh, past the baby. <laughs> Talking about just not letting it end with the the small things and mm-hmm. those small things. Just to reiterate, those small things are important. Yes. like those are necessary. Those are immediate needs that need to be met. But there was a, there was a guy that we heard from at a at a conference, and um, he is in his thirties mm-hmm. now, like you. I am. You are now in your thirties. Yep. Got a few grays. I'm catching up to you. Come on. I'm in my thirties too. I know. I'm not. No. There was a guy we heard from at a conference. Um, he said, um, uh, when I grew up, as I was growing up, I, I was an orphan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was Christians who made sure that we had all of our school supplies, cool. made sure that we had food, made sure that we had a teacher. Yeah. They built us new buildings. They provided a school for us. Um, they sent us uh, a shoebox Christmas gift, and it had some toys in there. Mm-hmm. He said, but the, the one thing um, that Christians did not supply 
was the thing that I needed most. So I wasn't an orphan because I didn't have money. I wasn't an orphan because I didn't have food. I was an orphan because I didn't have parents. Wow. What the church needed to send us mm-hmm. was, was a family. Sure. He said, I'm 30 years old and I'm still an orphan. So those things were important and they met a need. Yes. Right? But we've got to move past just those sure. and make sure we're moving toward transformation. Mm-hmm. Because if we just meet these small needs, mm-hmm. the needs will always be there. Yeah. But when we move into transformation, we're actually getting in front of it yeah. and stopping the cycle. You mentioned something really interesting earlier. Not to say all this isn't very interesting. Whatever. But um, we were talking about, I was telling you how proud I was of the church that they love the homeless. I said that. they love the homeless. A lot yeah. of people who serve the homeless. It's not a, it's not like a thing. It's, it's like, whoa, it's, it's just kind of normal. We do this, we do that. I love that. And you made an interesting link between the homeless community and what y'all are doing, which I had never seen before. Would you, would you reiterate that? Yeah. So there's a, um, a couple terminology when, when, um, when a kid in foster care, mm-hmm. um, turns 18 or now actually in the state of Virginia, they've, they've moved that, I think to 21, okay. they, they, it's what is called aging out. They age out of the foster care system. Um, so they're no longer eligible to receive services that they were receiving as a, as a kid in foster care. Okay. Yeah. So they age out when a kid ages out without permanency, without a home, um, they, uh, 25% of them within a couple of years, uh, will become homeless wow. 25%. And, um, 50% of those currently homeless at some point in their life experience foster care. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So by addressing this issue, we're able to get in front of at least 25% sure. of the issue, maybe even more of those who find themselves in a situation where they've, where they're now homeless. So we are partnering mm-hmm. with 99 for the one in that way. Sure. Yeah. By, by helping eliminate the need wow. um, ahead of the, ahead I'll be honest. Time. I never saw that connection. I mean, it's so clear, but I, I always, I always saw it as kind of two different worlds. Yeah. And it's not life. just, it's not just homelessness. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's, um, there's sex trafficking. There's, um, there's the issue of education. Um, there's economic issues. Mm-hmm. Um, 300, every, for every kid that ages out, mm-hmm. $300,000 $300, per person who ages out of the system, it costs the te- U, um, U.S. taxpayers. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So last year, or actually this year, it's estimated in the state of Virginia, 500 kids will age out. So 500 times 300,000 is somewhere in the millions. Yeah. Right? It's a lot. Okay. Is that right? In Virginia Beach, that'll be, that'll be about five kids who age out sure. of the system. So Virginia Beach alone, that's one and a half million dollars. I'm saying that right. It's a million and a half dollars. Yeah. That could be allocated for something else sure. because it's, it seems a little unnecessary yep. that we're not, do, we're not doing a better job taking care of those five to make sure that they have yeah. homes. So we've got to step up. Of course. So let's let's just close here. If we and maybe you were just doing that a little bit. If let, let's dream a little bit. So what what could happen if the church, either this church or all churches, if they wrap around families better, if they step up, what what could happen? What could that look like? And you you, you were kind of just addressing it, but I love to close there. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what happens if we don't. Okay. First. We can go that way. Is that all right? Yeah. Ten years ago, there were three hundred thousand kids in foster care. Okay. Today, there are 450,000 kids in foster care. So 50% that 50% increase. 50% increase yeah. over the last 10 years, which is evidence that if we don't do anything, the problem just continues to grow. Yeah. Right? 10 years ago, 
26,000 adoptions were finalized every year. Okay. Last year, less than 6,000 adoptions were finalized. Whoa. So we're not addressing this issue yet. We're not making a difference yet. So what we've got to do is turn it around. I got you. All of those little things, backpacks, Mm -hmm. birthdays, cook, um, 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 where am I? Bags. Yeah, supplies. Those immediate needs, those are important. Great. So I don't want to, here's where I said poo-poo. I don't want to poo-poo that. You did. Um, Those needs need to be met. Mm -hmm. But we've got to move from charity Mm -hmm. to compassionate work to change, cultural change, transformation, if we're ever going to get back on the other side of turning the tide. Because 55 kids, that number could and really should be zero in Virginia Beach. Yeah, it really can. Absolutely. There's 150 on top of those 150 kids on top of the 50 uh, that that are in foster care that that will not necessarily be adopted. They're going to go back to their uh, to their home or to a relative's placement yeah. or some other foster care situation. Mm-hmm. But they need homes. Yeah. They need homes, and that number can be zero. Yeah, there's 265 churches in Virginia Beach. Yeah. This one's the best one. Thank you. You're Suck welcome. Up. Yeah, and in the meantime, while these kids are in care, I think that that um, they need someone, and this is something you know that our our dream is that every. Do you want to say something? Our dream is that every child mm-hmm. um, is told that they are valuable, that yes. they are a child of God, mm-hmm. and so I think our dream is to know that that these kids um, that that maybe don't have a family, that don't have people mm-hmm. speaking into that, that someone is, and that's that's what we can do. Yes, you know, circle around them, stand mm-hmm. stand with them in their heart, and say, "You are valuable. You are worthy. You are a child of God." I love it. So, church, here's um, here's where I'm going to leave this. Um, the Nichols will be at Info Central. If you'd like to meet them, to so just high five them. If you have a question, if you're like, we thought about fostering, what, what do we do? What's next? If you thought about adopting, if you thought about, well, maybe, but like maybe right now we just want to wrap around families, whatever you're at. If you have a question, check out wearetheecho.org or .com. Very fancy. On Instagram, you can check them out at wearetheecho. Um, they have some pamphlets, some flyers, some information. Do you have one more thing? Yeah, one Please? more thing. Yeah. If you have been thinking about adopting mm-hmm. or fostering, uh, we want to give you a resource. Yes. Go to wearetheecho.org com slash book offer. We want to give you a 30-day devotional written by us and some other adoptive Ooh. families yeah. and um, and specifically for you as you journey through the process of I love adoption. It. Totally I love free it. for you. Yeah. Well, y'all, why don't we give it up for the Nichols? Thank them for coming. Show them some love. We've got a, we've got a little brief video for you um, about a family story, and then we're going we're gonna to real brief preach it out and go back to worship. So sit back, relax, and check this out. We're going to go to Romans 8. If you have a Bible, Romans 8, you can follow along with me right behind me, or check out an app, maybe version. Romans 8, 14. Check out this bad boy. This is Paul writing. He said this. He said, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. He's just making a statement. He's reminding us that, look, if you're a Christian, if you've given your life to Jesus, if the Holy Spirit has come into your life and your heart, if God dwells with you, then you are a child of God. Meaning this is a process. Okay, it doesn't just happen. And I'm not trying to be hard on anyone, but culturally today, what we say is we're all children of, we're all God's children. We're all children of God. I am, you are, we all are. But scripture actually says something different. It actually says there had to be a process. Verse 15, the spirit that you received 
Now notice he says received, not the one you took, not the spirit you earned, not the spirit you prayed hard enough and, and finally God gave it to you. No, 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 it was a gift. God gave you the spirit, the spirit you received. does not make you slaves. Oh no, so that you live in fear. No, 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 but rather the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. Can I get theological on you? Can I drop some theology? All right, this is theology right here. You're like, what is he talking about? Amen, amen. What this is, is he's talking about, if you give your life to Jesus, if you're called a Christian, if, if God is sealing you for heaven, that is awesome. But the main picture God's giving us on how this process takes place is actually adoption, which is fascinating. It's fascinating. You know what that means? That means if you're a Christian, you are adopted. You can honestly say, look in the mirror and think, I'm adopted. I'm an adopted person. God adopted me. We were adopted to sonship. We were adopted to daughterhood. And what does the Spirit do? It, it took care of all this. The picture God gives us is adoption. I think one of the reasons that we get so stressed, I think one of the reasons we get so overwhelmed, I think one of the reasons that we compare ourselves with others and get down because that mom seems to have it more together than me. His car is a little nicer. He got that raise. I should have got it. He got that promotion. I think one of the reasons we're constantly stressed, often overwhelmed, and sometimes down on ourselves is I think deep down in our heart of hearts, we don't think God actually loves us. Now, mentally, we say, oh, God loves everybody. He loves me. But I don't think it's sunk down deep yet. I wanted to tell you, there is nothing you could do to make God love you anymore. I'm going to let that sink in. There is nothing you could do to make him love you anymore. It is the absolute amount. But that being said, there's also nothing you can do to make God love you any less. There's no sin. There's no turning. There's no time. I let him down. There's nothing you could do to separate you from the love of God. There's nothing you can do. If you've given your life to Jesus, that, that love is there. It's secured. It's sealed. It's adoption. It's a legal process. You are not less a son. You are not less a daughter of God if you have a bad week. And you're like, of course not, but you act like it. You let things get you down. You let things get you stressed. You compare, you worry, you stress. That's a sign that it hasn't quite sunk down deep enough. This phrase adoption, it's a legal term. It's a legal term. I love, did you see the gavel? Boom. Adopted in the family. Done. It is finished. Celebration. It's done. It's done. You're not being adopted. And if you're really good, it'll stick. No, no, no. It's done. It's all done. Let's continue 15. And by him, by the spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Meaning the Holy Spirit helps us kind of live into that mentality that God is our father. That word Abba, you may have heard it. You may have heard it said it means father or daddy. It's actually simpler than that. The way in which we relate to God is not father. It's not even daddy. It's Abba. It's Dada. You can almost hear it, right? Abba, Dada. My son, he's about six months. He's trying. He'll get it out sometimes. He's got to rev up though. He does a few silent and then he'll spit it out. He'll go, It's like he's got to rev up and get it going. But it's the most simple, basic sound he can utter. That's what he does. That's how we're supposed to relate to God. This simple, pure, dependent relationship and adoption is how it comes across. That's how it's done. Now, if you look at the two parties, the person adopting and the person being adopted, who does all the work? The person doing the adoption. It's expensive financially. Emotionally, it's taxing. 
It's not convenient. The person doing the adopting does all the work. Scripture's trying to say you did nothing to earn your salvation. You did nothing to achieve it. You did nothing to work for it. It was a gift freely given to you. Verse 17. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs with God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may share in his glory. If we're children, we're heirs. I think when it comes to foster care, orphan care, we think about the here and now. Things are bad now. If they're adopted, if there's foster care, whatever, things will get better. But Paul, he's smart. He's looking, he's looking to the future. It's not just about now, it's about the future. If you've been adopted and if you're in Christ, you have, it's not just about a better now. Look at the inheritance you have coming. You're a co-heir with Christ. Do you know what that means? Do you know what you're entitled to now because you're an heir? Do you know what's coming your way? That's a free gift. Having that thought, guys, if that sinks down deep, nothing can shake you. No matter bad news can dishearten you. Nothing can rattle you or drive you crazy if that is a central thing as your heart. I came to tell you we've all been adopted. I know a guy, his name's Clayton King. He's a, he's a preacher down in South Carolina. He's big now. I won't mess with him now, but he used to be tiny when he was in elementary school. And when he was there, he was adopted. And kids made fun of him. They would poke fun of him. Your mommy and daddy didn't really love you. They had to throw you out. They had to give you away. Kids are mean. Kids are jerks, but they would make fun of them. Your mommy and daddy didn't love you. Those aren't your real parents, all this stuff. And one day it got to him. It broke my man Clayton King down and he started weeping. He started crying and he got home and mama can tell. Mama could tell something was wrong. And mama said, what is it, baby? Nothing. No, honey, what is it? And finally he told her, those other kids are making fun of me that I'm adopted, blah, blah, blah. Now, some of y'all mamas, I know you, you're crazy. You would end up in jail or at least with some kind of charge. You'd be at the mama's house with a bat doing something crazy, doing something to the car, something crazy. I love you, but you're crazy. Clayton's mama, no offense, she had a little more wisdom. She sat him down and she said, actually, honey, you're more special than they. He said, what are you talking about? He said, look, she said, God told us that we had a baby boy. And of all the thousands and millions of babies in the world, we didn't just get you. We got to pick you. We got to select you. Out of all the kids, we got to say, that's the one we want. That's the apple of our eye. That is the one. She said, those other kids, they they were just born. Their parents were stuck with them. (laughs) I said, that's a cool way to think about it. You know what happened to my man, Clayton? He started to stick his chest up a little bit. He got a little swagger in his step. He started to tell people, I'm adopted. My mommy and daddy picked me. They selected me. They went through all that for me. They love me that much. That's the attitude we have to have when it comes to God. That he loves you that much. He selected you. He chose you. He didn't just choose you. He knit you together in your mother's womb and he adopted you. He paid the ultimate price for your adoption. And that was the blood of his son. That's what it took. That's what it took. That's what it took to bring us home. And this must translate to our faith, guys. If you're just thinking, we're all God's children, we're all God's children, that doesn't affect you. That doesn't change you. But if you realize that God loves you so much, he sent his only son into the world to bear your sins, to climb up on a cross, to die, to bring you into the family, that'll wreck you. That'll wreck you in the best way possible. That'll help you feel love in a way that you never thought imaginable. That is the love of our God. That is the love of our God. So stick your chest out a little bit. Keep your chin up. Yes, you were adopted because he saw you and he said, I love you so much. He saw us laying there dead in our sins, hopeless. He said, I want to, I got a purpose for him. 
I got a purpose for her. I'm going to bring her home. I'm going to bring her home. Mainstream Christianity, though, unfortunately, us included, we, it's easy for us to miss this. It's easy for us to make it about something else. James said this. James is talking about, do you want to be the real deal? Do you want to be the hands and feet of Christ? Do, do, do you want to be the real deal? Let's pull up James, y'all. James 1, that first half. He, James says this. He says, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. Meaning, are you, some of y'all are looking for a church. Meaning, are you looking for a church? Do you want to grow in your faith? Do you want to be the real deal? Then do this. Pure and faultless is this. This is what we got to do. We got to have a great band and amazing greeters and even better coffee. Hey, right, right. Don't forget the donuts, says James. Okay, wear skinny jeans, check, and have a dope Instagram. What version is that? Is that in the Bible? I hope y'all know that's not actually scripture. And I'm not trying to be mean, but I am kind of. That's how we treat church. When we're looking for a church, we like, do they look hip? Do they sound cool? How was the donuts? Did the, was it music I liked? Now, I want to have great music. I want to have great donuts and coffee. But James is clear. He said, look, you want to be the real deal? You want to be the hands and feet of Christ? You actually want to live out the way you're supposed to do? This is what you need. Religion that God our Father accepts is pure is this. Two things, look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Two things, and they go hand in hand, meaning you want to be the real deal, do two things. Care for those who cannot care for themselves. I think this includes the homeless, orphans, widows. I think it's the sick. I think it's all of them. And also be other, be distant, be separate. Holy doesn't mean I'm better than you, you sinners. No, holy isn't that. Holy is the realization that God calls us to be different. And guess what? The world don't care about orphans. He's calling us to be different. He's calling us to be the light of the world. Y'all want to be the church? Y'all want to be the real deal? This is what we've got to do. If you don't realize that God adopted you, what he did to bring you in, it will really not change your life. But once you realize he saw you and he adopted you, he brought you in, you can look at this broken world and say, God did it for me. I'm going to do it for someone else. God brought me in the family. I'm going to be outreach focused. I'm going to invite all my friends. I'm going to care for the lost. I'm going to care for the orphan and the widow. We're going to do whatever it takes to be the church. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, we don't like to talk about it. But if y'all just come in here to get cozy sermons, you ain't going to grow. I want to stretch you. I want to challenge you. And this is stuff we have to discuss. We have to do. The point is this. Jesus isn't asking you to do anything he hasn't already done for you. You're adopted by his grace. And he calls us to do the same for others. Paul, Paul says this. He says, we're all adopted. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. He says, you are not your own. You are bought with a price. And I came to tell you, you were expensive. Adoption is expensive. Mentally, physically, it, it costs a lot of money. It's an expensive thing. And what is the, what is the, the cost? What, what could have the highest cost? I came to tell you, your price tag was so high, it took the ultimate thing to pay for you. God sent his son into the world, Jesus Christ. He lived a perfect life. He died a perfect death. He was fully obedient to God, even to death on a cross. He took the sin of the world upon his shoulders and he, it was dead and buried with him so that we may have life so that we may have access to the Father. He died as our substitute to bring us into the family. Jesus was rejected so you could be selected. Jesus was thrown out of the family so you could be brought into the family. Jesus was treated as not a son so you could be treated as sons and daughters. Jesus, in a sense, was unadopted so you and me could be adopted into God's family. That's 
what it's saying. That's what it's saying. The only time Jesus Christ, in speaking to God, the only time he didn't call him father, the only time he didn't call him Abba, the only time he didn't call him Dada, do you know when it was? It was on the cross. Because Jesus wasn't being treated as a son in that moment. He had the weight of the world upon his shoulders and he was rejected so you and I could be brought in. Church, once again, I want you to click. I want you to get this. This is not a guilt trip. This is not to make you feel bad or guilty or shamed or anything. I want you to realize how much God's done for you. I want you to be like my man Clayton and puff your chest up a little bit, realizing how loved you are and how chosen you are and how selected you are and how much God went through for you to come home in his family. And the third final thing is this. If God's calling you to step up and serve in some way, do it. If it's to come around families, if it's to foster, if it's to adopt, if you have any questions, meet us after service. Meet with the Nichols, go to their website, hang out with them. I believe God wants to do so much more in this place. I believe he wants to do so much more in this city. Let us go to him in prayer. Father God, I thank you that you were rejected so that we could be selected. I thank you, God, that you faced disgrace so we could face the joy of having a future, having um, a, a family. God, help us not forget that. God, we let such stupid stuff steal our joy and derail what you have for us. God, you have so many plans for us, so much beauty. God, help us know deep down how much you actually love us, how much you've actually prepared for us. And God, help everyone in this room know that you have plans for us, that you want good for us, and that we were adopted. God, you're not asking us to do anything that you haven't already done for us. Maybe it be your hands and your feet. I thank you, God, for this church. I thank you, God, for these people. And we're excited to sing out to you here and now. In your son's name, amen. We believe Jesus is on the move in Virginia Beach. And if you would like to learn more about who we are and our mission, follow us at Ascent Church 757. If you would like to give to further our mission to impact this city and beyond, you can do so at our website, ascentchurch.net. We hope to see you soon.